All right. Well, if you if you were following along on the uh, on the Facebook page this weekend, the FB Lounge Facebook page, I uh, or me on Twitter at Mark Espen, as I, it was a cold weekend. It was uh, it was one of those weekends <laughs> where you you keep looking at your you keep looking at your bet as you're placing, going, "This is gold. I feel so good. Uh, money. This is money in the bank. Can't wait to you you start spending the money you've won before you even place the bet because you just feel so good." Yeah, Mark bought then, three houses this past. <laughs> Luckily, I don't make enough money to bet enough money, and it's all small. <laughs> the units, I, the units that I place are not exactly uh, ex- big, big time units. But I'll just say this: my my Barstool Sports uh, 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 gambling account, my uh, the sports book account on my phone, the funds are running a little thin going into Championship Weekend. <laughs> well, hey, you know that's what that's what this weekend was, man. And was everything crazy. took everyone by surprise this past weekend. So it was. Uh, I imagine a lot of wallets were thinned out. Um, and and if not, some people just probably hit huge because they just threw flyers on. Uh, you know, certain yeah. teams. Well, so. I didn't have enough confidence to just bet the lines that I wanted to, and I was just I got yeah. parlay happy. I got parlay happy, and then. You know, when you're relying on Jimmy G to throw two touchdowns in a win, I, what am I doing? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> well, anyone I don't who know. bet on like you know Rogers uh, to throw a touchdown pass, oh my god, that's yeah. that that seemed like the uh, the ultimate winner, obviously. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that didn't happen. No, and even us, just our picks alone. I mean, you know, I it was it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? If you listen to the show, if you followed me, I called Cincy. You had the Titans. Uh, you called the Rams. I have, but you know, uh, on that one. And then uh, with the chiefs, we both were locked in on the chiefs and the Packers, you know uh, you know, we just did not see that coming at all. We didn't yeah, see. It so I think all. we each went two and two this week. We did. Um, and last week we went a combined 11 and one. So a little bit different in the divisional round, which surprised me because I would have thought the first round was yeah. the one where we would have gotten got, but instead, no, it's uh, well, here we are. Know- it's so I think it's something about the fact that that first round there there's the possibility in that first round of the NFL playoffs. Now, when you add the seven seed that you could get a like a, you know, you compare it to March Madness. So possibility you could get a 15 beating a two, but overall yeah. it's pretty easy to predict the first round. It's, it's, it's a little top heavy. I mean, the teams at home, they're the reason they're at home for, for a reason. And then all of a sudden you run into, you know, games like this, where it's like, uh, this weekend where you said such evenly matched teams and really, really good teams. And you saw it with the road teams going three and one this weekend. Um, uh, and the, and the number one overall seats, both of them getting absolutely uh, embarrassed on their home fields in, on Saturday. It was a uh, wild, wild. And, and uh, you know, we got a ton to talk about today. That's the NFL, baby. That's what it is right there. That's why we love to watch it. And, uh, man, this weekend was uh, everything we could have hoped and more. So uh, to, to welcome us into our uh, football lounge divisional uh, round recap and AFC championship preview and NFC championship preview, of course. Yeah. Uh, I figured, you know, th- this is uh, the right thing to kind of kind of spearhead us into, in, into this. Uh, so I'm going to play this here real quick. <laughs> I think everyone is familiar. It's the classic NFL song right here. And that's what this weekend was, man. This is why it deserved to be here in the background for us as we 
dive into this episode. Just what the best, I mean, we talked about this right before we got on here, Mark, and most people have, you know, talked about this ad nauseum for the past 24 hours, the best weekend of football that we've seen probably in my lifetime. I, I can't, yeah. think, I can't think of a better grouping of games I've ever watched. Someone would have to really present me some other options, but nothing comes off the top of my head. And I think it's mainly because there, we've had others where it's like, oh, that was one great, like an incredible game. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and say those were, you know, individually one, like the Rams, you know, or the bucks or the, uh, or the, the, you know, the, the chiefs the Bengals, yeah, and yeah. the, you know, I'm not going to say the chiefs bills was the best football game I've ever seen. I mean, we all lived through 28, three, there was other, there's other things that come to mind. Um, Super Bowls and in, in bigger moments or championship games uh, or even like the Monday night Rams and, and chiefs game. But I will say collectively is four games in a row back to back to back to back to back to have them all come down to the wire. Such great talent on display. I mean, you, you just blown away by how each game went the swings in each game. Uh, and, uh, and, there were just so many moments where you, what you thought was the momentum was going to carry one team. And it just, so they so shifted back and forth in every single game. And we'll go through each game here quickly. And then before giving a preview of, of the AFC and NFC championship game. But uh, I mean, man, it really was, it was, it was so, so lovely to sit down and watch all that football this weekend. Yeah. How about all those NFL boycotters, man, clearly just tanking those rankings. Oh, eight or ratings, I should say. Yeah, the NFL having uh, clearly enjoying every uh, moment of this. And look, we talked about it last week. The best teams, they they had the right grouping of teams in this round, and it clearly showed uh, through these final scores, through how all of these games played out. It was clearly the best talent on display, as you mentioned, and that's that's what makes the NFL great. That's what made this weekend so great. And I imagine we're going to get some really good games coming up here for the championship round as well. But uh, you mentioned it. We're going to kind of go over each one of these games since there were so few, only four of them this past weekend, kind of touch on each one, our takeaways, what stood out, and then we'll obviously go into our preview for this next round prior to the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll start with the Saturday games, as always. Uh, Bengals, Titans. Look, I mean, you and I both were talking about how the Titans came across as a, a fairly weak one seed, if not one of the weaker one seeds in recent memory and um you know the the game was close throughout um you know not necessarily what you would expect uh the one seed to how the how you would expect the one seed to perform against a four seed Bengals who are making their first you know uh divisional playoff they just won their first playoff game in like 31 years yeah yeah, they were no momentum you know well no history of 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 success Correct. Correct. Yeah. Obviously bringing temporary momentum into it, but overall historical momentum, not there. And uh, I mean, it's not like the Bengals wiped the floor with them. Neither team seemed to like want to win this game at times. Yeah. Uh, Some, you know, crucial mistakes, but Evan McPherson, um, the rookie (laughs) comes through with uh, the biggest kick of his career, of course, and uh, nails the winner in the final seconds there. I believe what was that 52 yarder? I want to say it was big kick. I'll have to double check that, but a huge kick. And the Bengals advance with a 19 to 16 victory uh, for their first AFC championship in, I believe, three decades. So uh, just an incredible uh, start to the weekend where the underdog team, the road team, 
Uh, took advantage of a relatively stale Titans offense, Mark, uh, particularly Ryan Tannehill. Uh, neither quarterback played great in this game, but Tannehill certainly had his moments that were head scratchers and probably was the difference maker in this game. Four field goals from Evan McPherson, the 52-yarder yeah. to win it as time expired. You know, but there was a couple of things that came through my head during this game. The first one being, you know, I said it last week on the show. I said on my Saturday show, this to me was just a pick for Joe Burrow and feeling confident about it. I said on my Saturday show too, that I thought that there was five people in the NFL had the most pressure on them this weekend. And the only one of them that wasn't a quarterback. And I had that person ranked third was Mike Vrabel. And I made the argument that Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans organization, and to his credit, he really owned it after the game. What did he say? I, this is not, this loss is not on one person. Uh, you know, is a lot of people are trying to pin it based on your quarterback through three interceptions, one to start the game, one to start the second half, and a backbreaker as you're driving towards the very end of the game to try and uh, tie it up or take the lead. And um, I said that Mike Vrabel had pressure on him because he was the one, uh, he was the, the head coach at this point in time and their organization that basically said, we know by signing Tannehill to the deal we did, because Tannehill, remember, did not sign a Kirk Cousins deal. He did not sure. sign a Dak Prescott deal. He was smart. The pressure's off Tannehill. No one's busting Tannehill today because he signed the deal appropriate for his talent. $22, 25000000 million a year, you know, to be the face of your franchise, uh, to help get you there. But knowing that the limitations are going to be when we get to this point, we need everything going our way and a great game plan, a great defense, great running, all those things. But you can afford it because I'm not, I'm not crippling our salary cap with a $40 million price tag. And so Tannehill relieved himself smartly of all that pressure, and the pressure fell on Vrabes. Now, Mike Vrabel is, I think, a very good head coach, and will, and he, he said he'll be the head coach there for a long time. I, I, I don't know yeah. why Tennessee would think to get rid of Mike Vrabel uh, I do. I don't blame him for the loss, particularly. I will say though, I thought Foreman was running the ball really well. Dante Foreman out yeah. of Texas, and he was one of those guys that I felt like I know Henry's back, but ride the hot hand. I would have loved to have seen that a little bit more out of Tennessee. Um, but you know, this is this is a, a moment for Joe Burrow in this Bengals team that again, they just rose to the occasion and the specialness of this young quarterback. And I am, and I'll, and I'll reiterate this over the next couple of games as we talk about, especially in the other AFC matchup between the young quarterbacks, uh, Mahomes and Allen. I am done saying, oh man, for the next 10 years, get ready for this. I'm done with that saying because I was so reminded during the Bengals game of five years ago saying, oh man, I can't wait. We get, we get 10 more years of Andrew Luck and, uh, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes. And when you watch the beating that that kid takes and the beating that Josh Allen takes, you know, as well, you just can't say it anymore. They, these organizations as talented as Burrow is and as gutsy as he is. And he single-handedly like gutsy performance in this nine sacks. And it was nine sacks, but it really was like, he got hit like 12, 14, 15 times the hits he was taking on the runs and everything he had to do. It is now officially time for the Bengals to go all in on their offensive line and reworking some of their playbook uh, next in the off season next year, whenever the off season ends, whether it's a super bowl victory, AFC championship, whatever it is, 
they they need to do it because you you just you cringe for him and especially after the knee injury but it just goes to show he's special really really special and it was the beginning of a weekend where now as we walk away in total this game was kind of the beginning of just basically saying there's the haves and the have nots the AFC is run right now by the power five young quarterbacks and the NFC is run by the veteran quarterbacks and uh yep. and and it's just it's a it's a it's a fascinating uh, you know, kind of dichotomy that we have in the NFC and AFC. It started with that really uh, the nail biting victory and the big kick and the confidence of that kid McPherson uh, to, to hit that 52 yarder with the, with the game on the line. Yeah. He supposedly told Joe Burrow as yes. you've trotted yeah. out of the field, looks like we're going to the AFC championship. You got to love that. That's awesome. Especially that awesome. with Joe Burrow. I mean, that, yeah. like, if that's the culture they're building in this locker room. And Very I'm true. okay. If you live by that, then die by it as well. Sure. And, and I, and I think yeah. there, and I think since he's okay with that as well, because again, they're just playing with such house money. The Titans felt tight. The Titans felt forced just as I predicted. It was the one game of this weekend um, that I predicted and it went ev- exactly how I thought it would. Everything else was a disaster for my predictions, but it was the one that I, I felt if you go back and listen to the show, it was, it just felt, everything fell into place and uh, we'll see. I give him a chance yeah. next week, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And you know, his uh, poise has stood out throughout his young career already. That's why they're, you know, giving him Joe Namath's nickname of Joe cool, yeah. uh, because that is how he carries himself. Joe Burrow, uh, 13 quarterback hits credited to the Tennessee yeah. Titans in this one. Jeez. That's a lot of times, man. And uh, nine sacks. I believe that was a playoff record. Was it not in a, in a single game? Um, you know, and, and for them to not win in that type of performance just kind of goes to show what kind of game this was really. And clearly the Bengals were keying in on stopping Derrick Henry. That was their goal and they succeeded well, you know, there were times over the top AJ Brown, you know, had these He's big great. play He's moments so and, uh, you know, the, the thing that I guess surprised me the most. So Derrick Henry was 20 carries 62 yards, obviously nothing special there. Foreman, as you mentioned, only the four carries and had 66 yards on those four carries. And yeah, um, it's a big explosive run, you know, but he just ran. He just seemed faster and yes. more in the game flow for what Tennessee needed in that, in that moment. And that is the concern when a guy, you know, has missed time. Um, you you yeah. just never know how they're going to be able to adapt to the speed and just the uh, just get back into the flow of things. And um, And what surprised me the most, Mark, was that it did seem like Tannehill was trying a little bit too much at a lot of times there he's a guy that you know you wouldn't consider him like um you know among the kyler murray's and lamar jackson's but he's certainly a mobile guy yeah he can rip off good 20 30 yard runs no problem he didn't take those opportunities this game there were quite a few moments particularly in that final interception that there were lanes for him to to get an easy 10 yards at least a first down and instead try to force it and make something bigger happen. I think those are some of the detrimental aspects to the Titans of this one. But it wasn't just on him, him of course. It was yeah. a full-team effort, um, and the Bengals just, you know, got the, the best of it. And for a kicker to make, like, we, you can't downplay him not just making the winning field goal, but he made a 54-yarder earlier. Like, yeah. he made some huge kicks in this game, and that ended up being the difference maker. So credit to him this is a team that's basically as you said like risen to the occasion all year long uh they deserve to be here they earned it 
And uh, it's impressive. I mean, like you said, the AFC North and the AFC in general is going to be on notice, man, because it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, you know, even if a couple guys get injured, uh, a la Andrew Luck or something, there's still plenty to go around. We're going to have some great quarterback play to watch uh, for quite some time. I will say this, you know, it, this game was such a microcosm, as I've said, for everything to lead to. You make the great point. Special teams played such a big part part of Cincy's win. And as we go into the next games. And the, yeah, all the games. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk more about how it's so, you know, we it's easy to laugh off, but it's just so true. When you're down to the final, you know, final um, two games in each division, you know, in these final eight teams, you need to pay play complete games. You need everyone at their best. And Ryan Tannehill had us at an off game and a Titans team at home. One seat as good as their defense is, you know, as soon as your team just is a little bit off and your quarterback just is not, is not hitting on all cylinders. He's not special enough as you saw burrow and Mahomes and Allen to just kind of overcome being off. And uh, it's tough, you know, but so many franchises have to build the way Tennessee builds because there's very few Mahomes, Allen's, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, those type of players. I will say this. My last thing, I, I want to pose this question just because we're talking about Tennessee now and we won't talk about him again the rest of the show. At this point in time, the other thing I left that game feeling, and especially then by the end of Saturday night, I felt this way so much. The Tennessee Titans should be sneaky and play under, uh, under the radar. Don't let it leak but they should go all in on trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Imagine if they made some sort of package or put that together to get Aaron to Tennessee. Green Bay might consider it. He's not in the AFC. There's not like a big market. You're not sending him necessarily to an LA or a New York somewhere. You know, you're sending to an AFC team um, that you're, 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 you're not most likely not going to have to battle. He he's going to get AJ Brown. He's going to get Derrick Henry. Uh, who knows what they do with Julio Jones. You're going to have to give up a ton of picks, but this Titans team is ready made to win right now. You know, I, I think it's, I think there's a, there's a, there's an underlying feeling. If you're Aaron Rodgers, to me, it makes more sense than going to the AFC West or the AFC North and battling all those quarterbacks. I just want to say, I think sneaky. If I was the Tennessee Titans, I would leave this game. The ownership kick the tires on, make the calls, be secret about it. Don't want it to leak. What would the price be? What's the asking price for Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers? Because this Titans team, if they had special at quarterback, that all bets are off in the AFC. They, I think they win that game if they have someone who's in the level that we consider special at the quarterback position. I think they win that game. Yeah, I I don't disagree. They obviously could use uh, an elevated uh, player at that position. Question is, can they even beat out someone in their own division for Aaron Rodgers, which might be the Colts? I mean, the Colts might uh, be playing. Yeah. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm definitely going to the Colts over the Tennessee Titans, primarily because one, they play in the dome. They have, yeah. they also have an elite running back, and uh, it, it's pretty comparable, except their defense is elite, elite. Um, but it, 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 it would be, it would be a fairly comparable decision for him to make, yeah. no question. No You're question. absolutely. That's a great point. I didn't. I didn't. The Colts weren't on the top of my head, but those are those are going to be suitors again. Denver's already out there. Is kind of known. Pittsburgh's already been talked about in the national media. They should all be. They should be all in. New Orleans should be all in. But if you're one of those two teams, sneakies, try to stay under the radar. See what the asking price is for Russell Wilson and for Aaron Rodgers. 
I, you absolutely. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves off season storylines, but it was just on my head. I thought I want to get your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, possibly Tennessee. I think it'd be cool. I just did. You, you kind of inspired me to go check out over the cap. Unfortunately, the Tennessee Titans only have 3 million under the cap yeah, going make- into mm-hmm. next year, but I don't know who they're due to lose potentially. Yeah. So that could factor in, of course. Well, the Packers um, are way over the cap. They are very over the cap uh, for them to, to afford both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adam next season. Uh, highly, highly unlikely. Let's get to that game, though. The Green Bay Packers oh. hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, you know, Aaron Rodgers against San Fran in the playoffs. 0 for 3 coming into this game. We have the storylines, of course, of San Fran passing on him in the 2005 NFL draft. Of course, he took that personally, being from California, growing up a San Francisco fan, having the record he did. I mean, there were so many storylines to come out of this with Aaron Rodgers. It's his revenge tour. It's the last dance with Devontae Adams. All of these things. And a game that maybe a lot of us sh- sh- you know, predicted would have been at least a little bit higher scoring turned out to be uh, the lowest scoring close game and really sloppy game all around from both teams. You know, neither team really earned the victory. It turned out to just be that San Francisco was able to capitalize uh, when it mattered most. And late in this game, they give Robbie Gold a chance, and he seals them the victory with uh, a winning field goal in the final seconds to give them a 13-10 win going into the NFC Championship game. Ten points by Green Bay in this one, Mark. Aaron Rodgers, 20 of 29, zero touchdowns, zero picks, uninspiring play from the Packers offense uh, as a whole, and you know, as I'm sure you'll talk about here with kind of your thoughts, the special teams, as we mentioned, plays a huge factor in this entire weekend. It reared its ugly head for Green Bay. The blocked punt that went for a touchdown, that, that was the play of the game, really. They, they had San Fran on their heels, and that's the only touchdown San Fran was able to muster. And that turned out to be uh, the big difference maker in this one. What were your thoughts on Green Bay, the one seed, uh, getting rolled at home in the divisional My- round? Well, my thoughts were, I mean, it was just joyous. It was in fun. It was so much fun to watch. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep emotion out of it. I, I think to me, the biggest thing was, and I tweeted it right after the game. I was like, looking at that score. And I just kept saying to myself, the Packers scored 10 points at home. Yeah. I, I mean, literally 10 points at home. And if you look at the drive charts, Aaron Rodgers, th- this is the first half drive charts for the Packers. 10 plays, 69 yards, touchdowns, took them five minutes. They're up seven, nothing, right? Then you have five plays, 33 yards in the fumble. So they fumble it. San Francisco does nothing with it. Three yard, three plays, zero yards, and they punt. They only have the ball. Aaron gets the ball right back. And thinking, okay, here they go. Get momentum going. Three plays, four yards, punt. Niners punt. Packers get it back. Three plays, minus four yards, punt. Niners punt. Green Bay, six plays, 16 yards, punt. Niners, 11 plays. Then it's that interception. Packers then get that six plays, 75 yards. But again, that was on the big, the chunk play and the half. Packers, Niners kind of improving. They don't even get any points at the end of the half. You go, okay, 7-7, regroup. The Packers come out, three plays, six yards, punt. 14 plays, 57 yards, the field goal, nine minutes. It up a ton of clock that shortened the second half dramatically nine minute uh, drive and majority so it's 10 of that, three at that point, 
57 yards of that was on like, I mean, 39 of the 57 or 30, sorry. I want to get, make sure my numbers are yeah. 39 of the 57 yards were on that Aaron Jones run up the middle out of shotgun. So just a big chunk play from Aaron Jones. And then they had the block punt touchdown after the Niners drive it down and get the, the, they, they turn it over on downs and then they get the punt and then the field goal Niners win the game. I mean, you can't, it's terrible. You just, it's, you, it's, it's terrible. Ugly. ugly and that ugly. is on the quarterback. I mean, any other game, any other team, you have to be critical of the quarterback. I think about the, this, if, if this was the NBA, that's like LeBron James in game seven, you know, or, you know, it, like with Miami against the, 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 the Mavs and he just crumbled. Like, where are you? You're the MVP. Yeah. You're the best player in the league. You are, you, you all off season long, were teasing us with, one, the last dance, comparing yourself to Michael Jordan. You had an incredible regular season. You deservedly will win the MVP because you were aggressive. You were fantastic. You were pouring points on people. And you turtled. You absolutely turtled at home against the Niners. And I don't – I mean, it is – it's bad. It's, it's embarrassing. And if I'm a Green Bay this morning, you may – do you say to yourself, listen, this is just exhausting. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like Aaron Rodgers is five and four at home in La at Lambeau or in his, you know, his career and in favored in almost every one of those games. I think I heard her all, but one like that is, that's just bad. That's just bad. You, you, you know, you, you're, 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 it's the, the green Bay Packers are a proud franchise. And one of the parts that's proud about that franchise is Lambeau field and playing in the frozen tundra. And Aaron Rodgers has been bad the last decade at home in the playoffs, flat out bad. And uh, that was a, that was a cherry on the top of bad performances from Aaron Rodgers. And then as a coaching staff, listen, Matt LaFleur, you got to fire whoever, whoever it is, your buddy that you hired to be the, the special teams coordinator. I don't even know who it is. You got to fire him just to satiate your fan base. Even if he deserves to keep his job, you got to fire him because they were bad all season I think you got to get rid of Mason Crosby. I think oh, special teams for the Packers, you have to just completely, completely revamp. Um, it's it, the offseason for Green Bay is going to be fasting, so I don't want to spend more time on that. But I will say for the Niners, they, I, I don't know what it is. I've never seen a team be able to win games like this. With I know. It's, it's yeah. just fascinating. It's, it's fascinating wild. to watch. And I, and 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 everything worked out perfectly for them because they. They play bad against everyone, but yet they always play really good against Sean McVay and the Rams in LA. And that's where they're headed. And uh, you, if you're a Niners fan this morning and this weekend, you've got to be on cloud nine. Shout out Matt Spina. You've got to be on cloud nine. <laughs> this is perfect. Everything fell into place. Everything fell into place. You got to go and beat up on your nineties rival in the Cowboys. You get to go to Lambeau and beat up on a Packers team that, since they drafted Aaron Rodgers is 0-4. The Packers are 0-4 against San Francisco in the playoffs since they drafted him. And now you get to go to L.A. where you own Sean McVay. I mean, things are working out. I, I don't see them beating anyone in the AFC, but the Niners sure as hell can make a Super Bowl because they made their own luck. They were in overtime in Week 18 against the Rams. The season could have been over, and look where they are now. That's just momentum is a crazy thing. Things work out, and Aaron Rodgers turtling has the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the, in the NFC championship game. And the 49ers, you know, did this with 
you know, 83 total yards from Debo Samuel and, yeah. you know, four Big catches for him, 63 yards. Huge from Kill Hall. Absolutely. I mean, he's phenomenal. Debo's incredible. Um, what he's been able to do, uh, South university, of South Carolina alum as well. So we know him well out here. He's an upstate native. Um, the thing that stood out to me on top of all of that, Mark, is that this is obviously the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, dynamic offense. And you got two players that caught significant passes in this game. Yeah. Aaron Jones was your leading receiver, nine catches, 129 yards. It was all dump downs, except for that one, you know, 55 yarder to Aaron Jones on the wheel. Uh, Devontae peppered with targets, nine for 90. And then... Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis combined for two catches after that. I mean, this is what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, And this is what like people want to talk about how they need, you know, these extra weapons or they need this and they need that. Well, I'm going to say this right now. Like Alan Lazard is a very capable number two wide receiver. In my opinion, in this league, he's a big guy. Great point. It's open. Agreed. And he never gets the targets. I mean, Aaron zones in on his guy, and then that's what he wants to do. That's it. And this, I mean, I feel like it came back to bite them in this one. You, Randall Cobb was your dude, and like, what? I mean, I didn't even see him on the field. Now, maybe he was a little bit banged up still, and they didn't want to, like, completely deploy him. Um, but just, I mean, the usage here is inexcusable. And for a guy that's billed as being, you know, the Hall of Fame quarterback and someone who takes pride in – uh, being able to, you know, be dynamic with his offense to only really have two targets for the entire game. Uh, just to me seems like a failing because you cannot tell me that's that Mercedes Lewis Lazard, uh, you know, Deguara, some of these other guys weren't open. St. Brown. Deguara, Deguara was open on one play where he took a, uh, Aaron Rodgers took a sack and ended a drive and Deguara was wide open in the flat, uh, but he was looking for uh, Devante. And uh, there are a couple other moments uh, on the pick, when he tried to pepper it to Devante, Alan Lazard wide open on the crosser. It's things like that that, you know, you expect Aaron Rodgers to key in on. Uh, those were the big mistakes. And really, I mean, it's the 49ers did not play well. They didn't play well in this game. Jimmy G didn't play well in this game. But they, they got it done from those special teams moments. That's why, as you said, you have to be buttoned up everywhere because it, all it takes is one facet of the game in a close one yep. like this to completely turn it on its head. That's and it's not like it's not like the game we had just seen earlier where it's not like the Niners had nine sacks. I mean, like they yeah, right. they were I mean, they got after Aaron. They were they played really well defensively, but you're right. Aaron let drives and he was bad. He was absolutely bad. And I'm sorry, but we did our quarterback rankings at the end of last season. And we both had Aaron Rodgers in the top ten. I, I can't remember where you had him exactly. I, I think I had him around seven. I just talk about hurt, the all time list, right? Yes. This yeah, yeah. hurts his legacy. I'm sorry. This will always it come does. back. This, yeah. this, this is LeBron James in the finals with the heat against the Mavericks. This hurts your legacy, your record at home. You're the one seed. You absolutely turtled and you make a great point about Lazard. It's not like he's a first year wide receiver. Green Bay. He's been there since 2018. Yeah. He's been, and, and this was his best season. I'm looking up his stats. Now uh, he had eight touchdown catches this year. I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, but again, you're absolutely right. Aaron Rodgers does not create relationships with uh, enough of his players. I'm sorry, but it, this is a, any, I, and there's going to be Twitter people still do it. Blake Smith's one of them. We get into it on Twitter, a good buddy of ours, but he, 
he'll say, no, Aaron Rodgers is better QB than Peyton Manning. I'll put him ahead of Peyton Manning. And I'm sorry. I think that is so blind. That is just purely looking at arm talent, and you cannot do that. There is a human element to any job. You think about your relationship with your boss, your coworkers. There's a human element to doing your job really well Absolutely. and being really great at your job, whether you're a, a manager, whether you're you know anything. There is a human element to playing quarterback, of being a human being and being a teammate. And, and it's I'm the sorry. ultimate team sport. And I'm sorry, but Aaron Rodgers, I'm not, again, I'm not just trying to sit here and be, he's a bad guy. You'll be like, Mark, you're bearish when you're bitter. It was a great weekend for me. You don't have to, you don't have to remind me that it's sad as a Bears fan. My best weekends are watching the Packers lose. I get it. It's pathetic. The Bears suck. But there is more to this. From a football analyst perspective, Aaron Rodgers is maybe a top three talent of all time. But right now, and his career is an arc. I mean, obviously right now he's not nearly as talented as Allen or Mahomes. I mean, what you saw from those guys. But uh, especially in big moments when the lights are bright. But that th- this hurts his legacy. I I stand by the fact that this is a knock on Aaron Rodgers' legacy. At least Brett Favre at the end of his career, when shit was hitting the fan, he was going to take a shot and throw some picks and be like, "Fuck it," yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. He's kind of like, "Oh, Devontae's not open, and now I'm going to sulk." Like that yep. is just bad. It's just bad. And he, I hope a part of me hopes he goes somewhere next year, and 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 wins the Super Bowl like Brady. You know what I mean? And just shows that like, okay, maybe you just when he's happy and he's where he, maybe he wants to be to change scenery. Cause he's so bleeping talented. It's maddening. It's maddening. It's not like yeah. Kirk cousins where you're like, dude's got limitations. It's of course he's throwing a pick It's Kirk cousins. He is so talented that, that you see something like this. It is maddening. That was a bears type of offensive performance. It was pathetic. And that's Aaron Rodgers fault. The same number of NFC championships as Rex Grossman. Let's go. Let that sink in, baby. (laughs) He got the Super Bowl title. But, yeah, I mean, one NFC championship, man, in in a division that he's dominated, it's inexcusable. I mean, It's not like he's had to go up against world beaters. It's not like the NFC West right now where it's like pick the team and they could be in the Super Bowl. Exactly. I mean, Peyton, uh, you know, there was a similar knock on him for a long time because it was like, you're with the Colts, dude, like get there more, you know, but he had to go through uh, Tom Brady half the time. And yeah. that's like, okay, he had to go the greatest of all time. We're talking about no offense to Jimmy G, but Aaron, you couldn't get past Jimmy G. Like, come on, man. Like yeah. this, you have to, you have to get there. And uh, they have, they have good defenses, but the 49ers are not the 85 bears. You know, they're not the 2000 Ravens. Yeah. So it, 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 there's no more excuses, man. And like you said, like he's got to take some blame for this. Uh, but either way, 49ers advance, and they will take on the L.A. Rams uh, in a Shanahan versus McVay showdown. Part three. As uh, at part three, the Rams beat the Buccaneers 30 to 27 in another wild game that goes down to the last minute. Uh, of course, the Bucks end up getting a, uh, a huge touchdown to Mike Evans wide open. I don't know what these defenses were doing. I get Jalen Ramsey's good. I don't understand why you don't give safety help uh, on Mike Evans. He's the only weapon that you really have to worry uh, a lot about outside of Gronk. Uh, but he gets the huge touchdown. They, uh, you know, tie the game. And then Matthew Stafford makes just a, a great throw. Great decision uh, right down the throws. middle of the field to the, you know, probably, 
is going to end up being second in MVP votes, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup on a, on a huge play that set them up for a field goal, and they get the game winner, 30 to 27 of the Bucks. I mean, ultimately, Mark, you know, Tom Brady threw 54 times this game. Leonard Fournette played well. Um, they were just, you know, last year they were super healthy, right? And they, they yeah, we always talked the whole time, like, this team has avoided injuries all year, and they were the clearly the best team, and they win the Super Bowl. A couple of years ago, you know, it was the same case for Kansas City, but then, you know, last year Kansas City got hurt. Kansas City's healthy now. The Bucks are not. And that kind of seemed to rear its ugly head a little bit in this one. Um, and just not enough to overcome. And the Rams really, those uh those offensive line issues for the Bucks was the biggest contributor, I think, to, to this because the Rams defensive front was just after Tom all day. I mean, I, I think I tweeted out middle of the second quarter. If the Bucks offensive line is this bad without Tristan Wirfs, he deserves to be the MVP of the NFL. Like, yeah, I mean, right. that's how, I mean, he's so good, but yeah. and, and he is fantastic, but it, it, you could tell this was a team that again, you got to remember the Bucks in perspective as a whole, we, they were trying to do something we've literally never seen done before. They had just come off of doing something we'd never seen done winning a Super Bowl in their home field. And then they literally brought every single person back. And from day one, that was the that was the thing that blew my mind when they said it during the broadcast. That was the first time the whole team had played with each other again, those starters, since the Super Bowl. Because there was injuries that all year, they were never healthy all year, but they were just better enough in a bad division to win enough games. Uh, and they had Tom Brady, and they caught up with them against their Achilles heel. I mean, they, they can't be upset because they won the Super Bowl last year because the Chiefs offensive line fell apart health-wise and their defensive line is incredible. And what happened to them this year in the playoffs? Their offensive line fell apart health-wise and the Rams defensive line is incredible. So they lost at their own game. I hate and love that this game ended the way it did. And I'll let me explain that. I hate that it got close and it and it took almost that Matt Stafford and the Rams almost lost because they dominated and they were yeah, the best absolutely. team and they, and they deserved to win because of the way they played the game. But I like that it happened this way for them a little bit because this, if they had just blown out the Bucks, then that was like let down city for them, no matter who they were playing, whether it was Green Bay or, you know, or, or San Francisco the next week, like winning a close game like this and having Matt Stafford have those two throws and do what he did. I mean, you've got to feel so good about yourselves. That is why you made the picks, the trades. This is why. Because when everything was crumbling around the Rams, and they were crumbling, snaps, multiple fumbles. The first time in NFL history, a team lost four fumbles in a game, in a playoff game and gave up a 20-point lead and still won. Wow. I mean, so what they were – I mean, it, it fell apart. And, and it didn't fall apart because – it fell apart just fluky. I mean, who would have guessed the three fumbles and the stamp like that? I mean, it just, things were melting down around them and credit to Sean McVay and massive, massive credit to Cooper cup for bailing himself out after the bad fumble and Matt Stafford for the throws. And my, my Rams to have the confidence to make that throw yeah. was, that was big All time. His back foot, single high safety, a moved, you know, just listen, they, my confidence with the Rams right now is an all-time high. I feel great about the Rams because of the way the game then ended for them. I hated it, but then I 
perspective-wise, yeah. I, I think it really bodes well for them going to next weekend. I will quickly say this about the Bucks. We'll talk about the Rams more in the preview here. I'll say this about the Bucs. Uh, Tom Brady is doing the right thing about being coy about whether he's coming back or not. Tom Brady coming back or not depends on he could have his two coordinators have head coaching jobs in the next week. And if you're Tom Brady and you have two head coach, you've lost two coordinators. Uh, you have a 71 year old Bruce Arians will be 71 next season. You have uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, an old offensive line of parts, even though you have a, an, an elite tackle with Werfs. Um, you have a lot of guys who signed one year deals to come on back. So much of it for Brady is going to be looking about what's the coaching staff like. And then where, where do we feel pieces wise and his own body. Remember he hid the knee injury and had a big knee surgery did this time last year. I think Brady knows he could come back, but I do think maybe Brady knows that, listen, there's no, there's winning a Super Bowl and walking off. He let, he decided, he left that, he let that go. He's not going to get that Tom Brady's Super Bowl days most likely are done. Um, and that's just because it's hard to bleep and win Super Bowls. And now you yeah. look at the talent of the AFC, the young quarterbacks, and the NFC quarterback talent, depending on where Rodgers ends up, or what, what happens with, uh, uh, with, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and, you know, obviously Matt Stafford, you know, it's, it's tough. And I think Tom, I think Tom, there's, I hope Tom retires now because I heard this on part of my take this morning. I didn't think of this, but it's really funny to think about if Tom Brady retires this year and poor Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You can't vote for Ben Roethlisberger to be in the same class as Tom Brady. I mean, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, you could put you could put two quarterbacks at a first ballot, right? People could could compare it. I think people compare it a little bit, maybe to then you say like Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher, but I think Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher's careers are closer than Brady and and Roethlisberger. No fault to Roethlisberger that he's going. You know, Roethlisberger's. You know, it's just a funny thing they brought up, and it's funny to think about. I would like to see Tom give it another run, but I think a lot of it's going to depend on the roster in the next couple of weeks. And Tampa's not going to force him to make a decision. And if you're Tampa, you have options at quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G is going to be available. Uh, maybe you go after a, a Derek Carr. Maybe you just go and you get aggressive in the draft. Um, I don't think Tampa, Tampa knew what they got when they signed up for the Tom Brady, however long it was going to last. They got a Super Bowl out of it. If you need to go into rebuild, you go to rebuild. I think Arians would walk away too. Then I think it, if it falls apart, it falls apart really quickly. But I, it, it's going to be a fascinating. Besides the Rogers drama, the Tampa Bay offseason, they could go from legitimate Super Bowl favorites to instant rebuild very, very quickly, and that'll be fascinating for the rest of the league because there's a lot of good pieces in Tampa that they would sell off for draft picks and clearing cap that a lot of teams would love to have some of those pieces. No question there, you know, and an interesting thing about it too, now that I'm kind of thinking about it is the, you know, I think what Tom has done for that franchise, not just getting them the Super Bowl last year, but I truly think even if this becomes kind of a blow up deal, he leaves Arians leaves the coaching staff. I think what he's instilled in them is going to reverberate for years to come because there's going to be a few of these players that stick around. I think, his presence, his uh, leadership is at least like, they're not going to end up being the same bucks of old. I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to instantly revert back yeah. to what they were. Um, but 
players still matter. And so when you get rid of, if, if you lose a bunch of players, there are certainly, I agree with you, going to be in a rebuild mode. But I think at least the culture there will stick around for a little bit longer, as long as some of these players on this current team and the team from last year uh, are on the team as well. You so. make a great point, but I also think to add on to that, besides whatever culture remains, I think Tampa has shown, hey, we're an organization that has seen what the Miami Heat do, and they're like, we'll be Florida, we'll be the NFL's version of that. Come one, come yeah. all free agents. We'll sign up for just short windows of success. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and yeah. and a lot of guys, you know, once you know, um, it, it's easier to say, hey, screw it, I'll go to Tampa. Like, you know what I mean? If I'm a quarterback, I'm a player because if they're trying to do it, like it just, it opens up that door for players just, you know, to feel the freedom to be like, oh, I'm not going to be judged as much if you want to just kind of ring chase in the NFL. And if Tampa can build that culture as well, I think it makes sense for them to do it. I mean, Tampa, uh, their history is is so weird as an organization. The why not just say to themselves, let's be the place that, We'll just kind of go for short year, short windows. I mean, unless you can find yourself the young franchise quarterback, which they may try to do, but otherwise, hey, every couple of years rebuild and just go all in. It's not yeah. a bad plan, especially in the a- NFC South right now. It it's works. Up in the air. It can work. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, just one last point on that. If Tom does decide to hang it up, it would be interesting because you could draw parallels. His final game was against the Rams. His first Super Bowl win against the Rams. Uh, you could talk about uh, Big Ben, his first, uh, you know, uh, game in the NFL was against the Ravens and his final regular season game against the Ravens. They yeah. both retire the same year. It'd be pretty interesting uh, parallels to to draw there. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the final game, Mark. The best one of them all. Uh, couldn't have ended on a better note. An overtime victory for the Chiefs over the Bills, 42 to 36 in a wild wild sequence of events that basically all came down to the, the cliff notes of this game are Mahomes is awesome. And uh, Gabriel Davis somehow had four touchdowns and 200 yards. Josh Allen is awesome. And uh, the final sequences of Josh Allen driving this team, willing them to victory with 13 seconds left on the clock to take a, uh, a four point lead. I believe it was a or three point, um, lead at the time right no 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 yes because it was a three-point lead at the time when they they, they went uh, down by they the went down goal. by four and then the, the 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 Bills scored the touchdown late with 13 seconds remaining then they're up by three so the That's field what, yeah. goal to tie it yeah yep so yeah they uh they go up by three the field goal to tie it and then um that field goal was hit by the Kansas City Chiefs uh on a 44-yard drive that lasted uh, 12 seconds or even less actually. So uh, because the, the first play to Tyree kill went for a good 20 yards, second play to Travis Kelsey, both wide open. I think we both have our thoughts on how this transpired uh, the final sequence there to get them into field goal range and even tie the game. And then uh, of course, a touchdown in overtime on the first drive uh, of the first possession for Kansas city to get the win this game was wild. It was crazy. It played out in a sense in the way we thought it would with it just a shootout going to Kansas city late, but I don't think we saw it panning out in terms of the dramatics that, that happened in the final, you know, really the final two minutes of this game because of the constant drives that both these teams had. 
Yeah, I think there's lessons to be learned from this game, a lot of them. And one of them being NFL coaches need to all take a look at that final two minutes and start saying to yourself, how can the, why does the football game change so much? Like, why do we panic and make bad decisions on defense, defensive coordinators? Like, Leslie Frazier, in my opinion, like, the, you cannot hire him after what? I know, yeah. Like, it's, you cannot. Yeah, yeah. How terrible. am I supposed to have the confidence to, like, in my organization, say, like, this guy is going to make all the great decisions when you did what you did defensively for the Bills in those last uh, – and, and it's more it's more than, oh, the Chiefs are just really good, and the Chiefs are really good. I want to go back to the beginning of this game and kind of build my way into it because it, it really was such a great game from start to finish. The first half was so much about these teams kind of feeling each other out. And you could tell they both had that sense of we want to hit big plays, but we want to also be stay within striking distance. Like they both like just – uh, throw after throw and drive after drive. You could just feel this sense of, um, uh, of, of, of just, you know, body blows to each other. If you compare it to boxing, like they, they, they both know they can like hit an uppercut when they want to, if they need to, but they just were scared to do it yet because they just, they fear their opponents so much respect their opponents so much. It really was like Tyson Holyfield type of thing. And, um, and what I love so much about this game too is that you see the special from each quarterback and the way these teams design their game plans around how each quarterback is special. They're both mobile, but in different ways. They both have giant arms, but in different ways. They both can throw at unique angles, but in different ways. Uh, and and it's, it's so fascinating to watch it just drive it to drive on display. You know, it's, it's like watching... Um, Michael, it's it, uh, the better comparison. It's it's like watching Jordan, and 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 you know uh, and and like LeBron in their primes, if they were going one on one against each other, where you're like, good God, they're each like a freak, but they're just different. I mean, Josh Allen is like Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, it, it's just it doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Where where it's the same thing for Patrick Mahomes though, where he. he He's just, a, he's like, he's like, uh, I don't like Kyrie Irving's bad, but let's the way he plays it. Cause he's an artist. He's well, just, he has the flash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, I mean, he brings the spark to the game he's, and the, the, he's the Jordan in this. I think he's the Jordan. Well, in he's like, example. yeah, it's like Kobe though, where he's like just more almost artistic than Jordan, even at times where it's hard. I know these are bad comparisons. I'm just, I'm just, you know, well, Jordan yeah. treated the game like a, like jazz. Like it was a little, yes, you know, yes. it, it like, and so that's I, like the style he had style. He had, had style. his game You're absolutely where, right. where LeBron is, is power. Like he's just a huge guy. Like, and that's Josh Allen is just bigger, larger than life. Almost. It is. It's, it's fascinating to watch. And, um, and it's different than even Cam Newton. I mean, cause Cam Newton was giant and larger than life. Ben Roethlisberger giant, larger than life, but yeah, but Allen's I, I heard a stat that Josh Allen's like efficiency running the ball. Was like it was like the third best season ever from a quarterback up there with like the Michael Vick year when he was on the Madden cover. I mean, like if you just if you have to take into totality. And again, that's why I go back to my earlier point. I don't want to sit here and say we're going to get this for ten years because we're just not. These two quarterbacks, what we're seeing right now, 
there's a three or four year window where they can play like this, but eventually their bodies are going to be physically different. Aaron Rodgers is not as mobile as Aaron Rodgers was five years ago when he was like, you know what I mean? Like your body will change. Josh Allen, these hits will accumulate. Patrick Mahomes will not be able to be vertical flying and sidearm with like, he just won't in 2030, like in eight years from now, he'll be really good. Still. He'll be probably still the best quarterback in the league, but he'll have to play differently. Like it just, it, it, so we're seeing them at their primes at their peak when the artistry and the, and the, and the physicality is something that is just, mind-blowing it's it's mind-blowing and yeah, um it's hard to describe really it I mean, is it is hard to describe and poetry and almost, in motion we're almost we almost if you look at the afc afc playoffs this year we were we were we were uh gypped uh, this could have been the perfect ever afc playoffs but we were gypped out of three things uh andrew luck's health and if he was still the quarterback of the colts and that's the biggest one if so i really we were gypped out of two things we were gypped out of the Chargers making the playoffs to get Justin Herbert into the tournament as well over the Steelers. And we were gypped out of Lamar Jackson having a healthy year and being there as well. Cause then you would have had the, you would have had the core four, five young guys in the AFC going just in the, in the tournament, best man win. You would have had mm-hmm. Lamar Herbert Burrow, Allen uh, and Mahomes best man win. Um, and, 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 and that, uh, hopefully over the next three seasons, we get that at least one time, uh, you know what I mean? Cause that's, that's what the AFC is all about right now. And the best man is Patrick Mahomes, the best team won, the better quarterback overall, just unique gifts and what he does. They won. And a lot of it is the better team won because the, 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 the chiefs lost Tyron Matthew in the first play of the game. And they still held on the win where the bills just kept making boneheaded defensive decisions after boneheaded defensive decisions. A lot of that goes on Leslie Frazier and, and teams should, should honestly not hire him for those reasons. Whereas Brian Dable should be hired for all of the reasons. I don't want to get into that. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, hire Brian Dable, the bears, please God hire Brian Dable. And anyone who sits and goes, it's Josh Allen. It's not Brian Dable. I, I combat you. The fact that Brian Dable was been with him since day one. And yes, it's still Josh Allen. It's still Josh Allen. But he took a, a raw bull in a china shop and helped guide him to this point. In some way, shape, or form, he did. Or at least was saw what it took to get a bull in a china shop to what we see today. Yeah, I and mean, it, that's it, like saying uh, it's Mahomes, not Reed. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> There's got to be some symbioticness yeah. to it both. They, they helped each other. So anyways, I, I'll get off that horse. I will say this because I don't want to talk about the Chiefs a ton yet because we'll talk about them for the Bills. This is life. I mean, this is you are now the Indianapolis Colts. You are now the Indianapolis Colts from 2001 to 2012. And good luck. Hopefully you can sneak one in there and you'll get one in Buffalo and you can beat Kansas City like Peyton got one in Indy. And then he went on to beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. Um you know, this is, but this is life. You are now, the problem is Peyton Manning didn't have a, I mean, yeah, they had big Ben and there was, you know, and the Steelers got their shots in there. Maybe that's going to be Joe Burrow with Cincinnati, but there's a lot of young talent. So if you're, if you're Buffalo, you're not the only one vying to be Indianapolis over the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. If Kansas city's the Patriots, there's a lot of people who want to be Indianapolis and get their one. And get and, and have their shot at Mahomes. 
the Bengals are that, the Ravens are that, the Chargers are absolutely that. So, um, so you got a lot of suitors for that for that job. And uh, if you're Buffalo, yeah. you're gonna be fending them off. But not luckily for Buffalo, they right now have the second best quarterback in the NFL, and they have a a team that is is that supports him, built around him, a city that goes all in around him that he loves. He'll die and he'll uh, he'll battle with that city for hopefully years to come. It's it's a hard pill to swallow, but it, it just also just goes to show the specialness that is Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people will argue, though, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the only reason 13 seconds is too much time for Patrick Mahomes because they had two timeouts. Andy Reid, credit to him. As a guy who we've criticized over his career, the only thing you criticize Andy Reid on is bad time management. He had his timeouts. Yep. He had his timeouts. That was, that, that was a big factor, no question. You know, the two quarterbacks, to your point, uh, Josh Allen, 27 to 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Patrick Mahomes, 33 of 44, 378, and three touchdowns, no picks. Incredible. And both both quarterbacks, over 60 yards rushing in this one as well. Uh, Just an unbelievable display of just pure talent. I will say this. There are a couple major issues I had. First off, I was saying this the second that Mahomes – and company had 13 seconds. Kick the ball short. Yes, make, them, make them return it. Make them return it and take three seconds off. That three seconds is pa- like paramount to what you're going to do. The second big thing, how are you not jamming those receivers at the line? You gave Tyreek Hill. You let them get the screenplay on that first play. That's atrocious. You don't even jam them. You don't, you don't force them to get the separation. Yeah. Take an extra two seconds because of that. Uh, and then the same with Kelsey to just give them that free window inside. They were playing the sidelines as if they, they were, were worried about them getting out of bounds. And they, they were it playing doesn't matter if they get out of bounds. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They have timeouts. That doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was bad playing, planning all around. And this mark is probably the most devastating loss in Buffalo Bills history, right next to the Scott Norwood missed kick. I mean, it's yeah, that. And then it's this, in my opinion, because the other three Super Bowl losses, Really tough, devastating. Two of them were absolute blowouts. So, I mean, the the, the way this one ended, that's tough. But they'll yeah. be around, as you said, and, and they're not uh, necessarily going anywhere. So, Phenomenal game to end this thing, and we set up a, a fantastic championship round as well. Do you want to quickly talk about the overtime? That's what everyone wants to talk about. I, I don't know if you have strong thoughts on it. I do. If you've been following me on Twitter, you know I have strong thoughts on it. Um, do, uh, do you want to take a second now to do that or, or where are we at? What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, we can, we can touch on it. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, to be honest. I don't think it's that big of an issue. I yeah. like, to me, it's not that big of a deal. Um, to me, there's really probably never going to be an all around fair way, quote unquote, to make that set up because either way, there's going to be questions about something in my view. Uh, and then you're like, if you want to just do possession for possession, you're once again now getting yourself into the we're playing 17 game seasons yeah we're playing multiple games and now these guys are gonna have to play one two quarters of, of extra football potentially um to me it's like everyone who's saying that it, it was decided on the coin toss to me like first off i don't have to prove my case that is demonstrably false you had to or they had to earn it it has to be earned it's not just the coin toss okay game over it's not even if there's a five percent chance of you being the kicking team winning there's still that five percent be that five percent it's up to you 
to be that 5%. But the thing is, Mark, in the playoffs, since this whole thing has been, uh, uh, since the, the changes have been made, 10 out of 11 playoff teams in overtime who have received the kick have won. But in general, across all of the NFL for overtime, it's about 54% of the teams that receive win. So to act like it's the biggest disparity, it's not true. Now, maybe in the playoffs, I get it. The best teams, best offenses, the, the odds of them going down scoring yeah. a touchdown are much better. But, hey, man, that's why they say defense wins championships. And, and look, if you're Leslie Frazier and company, you just got owned in 13 seconds, your job is to come back now and make a statement and at the very least hold them to a field goal. Like, that's your job. So. Yeah. I don't have sympathy, I guess. Is what I, you know, listen, I, and, I, and I mean this when I say it. I don't love the overtime, but there's no – I just don't see the perfect solution out there. I haven't heard it yet. College overtime in the NFL, you, again, the people complain about that. I think it's a valid point. It's not real football. It's just scoring. And, again, if Patrick – if you do the college overtime, you do something different and say Patrick Mahomes – on the seventh attempt, and now all of a sudden it's 65 to 65 because they keep scoring. He tears his ACL, but the Chiefs end up winning. And it's like, oh, okay, well, then the, their season's over anyways. And they go to the AFC championship game with their backup quarterback. Like, I, I just – my thing is this. You're absolutely right. The Bills had their chances to make it. They had they had to – There's we saw this weekend, as we said all in this preview, special teams and defense mattered. They matter. It's not just, oh, I want to see Josh Allen with the ball. Of course we do, because it was a great game. But yeah. they have these games have to end. They have and it to still end. was a great game. Like the, you, way, you yes. know, the way it ended, it was still a great game. And if you don't like coin tosses, then I have a proposal. The visiting team should get the goddamn football. They are the team that doesn't have home field advantage, and they took the home team to overtime. So screw you, home team. You had the advantage. You had everything going in your favor. You're the higher seed. You probably won more games, whatever it may be. You should, all right, fine. Give the ball to the kicking team. Give, give the ball to the, to, the, uh, to, the, to the away team. They earned it by making it to overtime with you in your home stadium. You want to talk about that? I, I'm fine with that. Or, totally fine with that. or maybe you do it where you alternate just like you do in the, in the game. If you kicked off first, you receive at the half. But now you kick off if you go to overtime. If yeah, you, you have, choose so you to receive, to that, you have to make that right. decision. At the beginning. So that factors into the very beginning One of the game point too. Cost, beginning of the game, I'm yeah. very comfortable with that because Again, then that at least then you could say, "Oh, this wasn't just decided." Now this was decided at the beginning of the game when no one knew how anything yeah. was transpired. You made the choice to say, "If we kick." We win yeah. the coin toss. If we if we kick, that means you are def you're deferring if it goes to overtime. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like if you, if you receive, that means you're deferring if it goes to overtime. If Correct. you you know what I mean? I I I'm comfortable with that. I'm very comfortable with that. One coin toss to decide the possession every every to every time there's a there's a break. I just think you know what? I just think it's one of those things where uh, it's nothing perfect to it. You have to end the game, and in a in a world where we're getting more and more participation trophy stuff, listen, the Bills had a chance. Yeah, you could go on onside kick it. Like and I then mean, two, go two on, chances too. Yeah, you, know? you had two chances on defense to get a field goal. You know what I mean? To stop them, stop a field goal, to stop a touchdown. It couldn't do it. 
Um, I, I, the better team, the Kansas City Chiefs are a better team by slight margins, by a slight margin, but Agreed. that's the way it, 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 it landed. Um, again, it's painful because Josh Allen is so good and he, and he's so unique, but now we get to, we get to see Joe Burrow. He gets his chance. He gets his chance with it, you know, to prove that no, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm the one who's, who's the, who's the, cha- the rightful challenger to uh, air Mahomes. Sometimes it's not fair to be in the, the same conference Reaper. as, uh, as, as dominant people. Yeah. You know, Jordan had his issues with the Pistons over those years. He had his issues with yeah. the Knicks. Right. And then I he mean, prevented a lot of people getting a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Tom, absolutely. Patrick had his issues with Tom Brady. He would have been in that Super Bowl. He would have won another Super Bowl. And now maybe Brady's gone. Maybe Brady is the bad boy Pistons for Mahomes. And now, <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Now it opens on up. Yep. Yep. That's that's just how how it works. That's life, man. Um, and Aaron so, Rodgers, you can't say that Brady prevented him from getting Super Bowls for one time. Yeah, that's the thing. He like, just couldn't get to him. Yeah. Like who? Who, who, was, who was in his way? No one was in his way, really. You know, yeah, over no, all these Russell years. Wilson? Yeah. Uh, you know, who's represented the AFC? Uh, Eli Manning? I mean, who's represented the NFC during during his time? Yeah, as dominance. You know, really, it hasn't. Nobody's not owned that conference. And, uh, and Jimmy G twice? He's had the opportunity. He's had yeah. that opportunity. Jared Goff, you know. Like, Jared Goff? Uh, so, I, I'm telling you. It's a uh, legacy hurting loss. All right, let's yeah, yeah. let's get on to a preview. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bengals Chiefs first game, three o'clock Sunday, CBS game to open things up. I have the Chiefs. I like do like the way they're so good. They are so incredibly good. Yeah. The Bengals have had to play. Um, you know, they, they didn't play very well last week, and they they barely beat a team that I, you know, I still consider like obviously I picked Tennessee to win. I'll own that. I didn't think they were going to win convincingly. I thought they would get crushed this week. So, you know, conversely, the Bengals, it's, they, it wasn't a like a, wow, that was an awe-inspiring win. I'll give them credit. They won despite not playing very well. And they, they hit a lot of big-time field goals. And Joe Burrow made the plays when necessary. But, my goodness, you're going to tell me that they're going to go toe-to-toe right now in this current Bengals team? going toe-to-toe with this current Chiefs team. I'm just not seeing it, man. Like, I, I feel that the Chiefs are going to win uh, fairly handily, and I think the Bengals are going to take a lot of confidence going into this offseason saying, hey, we made it to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, we lost to the Chiefs by 10. We'll come back better, stronger, ready to attack it. Um, but that Chiefs front can get after you, and we've seen how bad that Bengals O-line has been at times particularly this past week, uh, that that to me will be probably more the difference maker than anything else is that I think the Chiefs defense is going to be able to create enough havoc. You know, I think the best thing the Chiefs have going for them here is that they lost that game to Cincy earlier in the year, in yeah. the week 17, what it was it, to help them basically lose the one seed. They, ha- they can draw so much motivation and anger from that. There's no way it's a letdown spot. First off, it's an AFC championship game. If you're, yeah. if you're, if, if you're you not get up, up for that, yeah. 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 Then you got other issues as uh, second off. I think they're just overall the better roster with way more experience in these big games. And thirdly, they lost. I mean, they lost in, in Cincy. They know what Joe Burrow's capable of. They know what Jamar Chase is capable of. They know Joe Mixon is capable of. They're not going to take this team lightly. They lost to them. And prevented them from having home field advantage. Now that's worked out, they've gotten it anyway. Thanks to Cincinnati, 
Um, so I think that's going for them. But I also think, again, since he has complete house money, complete house money. No question I about think that. This game, I think this game is close at half. Uh, I, I wouldn't even shock me if the Bengals lead at half. But I think, you again, you'll see uh, Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team like a sleeping giant. They find they'll, all it takes for them is a three-minute stretch. It's all it takes. They can – they can score on one play, two, three play drives, get a quick three and out, and then do it again. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, there you go. Thanks for coming out, Bengals. I think it'll be a fun game. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think it's going to be an over game. I think the Chiefs end up covering, though, the seven points early. If you can get the Bengals, if the line goes anywhere where you can get the Bengals plus eight, nine, something like that. I would definitely take the Bengals in that. I think it's close. I think it's about a touchdown around that. If it's anything where the Bengals start, if the, if the line starts moving where Bengals under seven, like plus six and a half, I'd stay away. I think, I think Kansas city is just too dangerous to score too quickly. And they just have been here before, even though the Bengals are playing with house money, the, the chiefs have so much experience in this moment with Andy Reid. I think it's a coaching mismatch. Love, love, love the chiefs. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit slightly more bullish on them, but we both agree they're going to win. I, I think the win by double digits, uh, 10 to 13 points, uh, is kind of the window I'm giving the Chiefs here. I just, gotcha. Um, too much firepower, and I think the Bengals might try and force themselves to put get in a, in, into a shootout uh, too early instead of maybe relying more on Joe Mixon and letting uh, that kind of play out. I could see that happening just because of the pressure of knowing Mahomes is on the other side there and, and feel like you're having to keep up. So I, I actually could see them being down early, fighting to get back and kind of abandoning the run early on and things like that. Yeah. Um, still getting somewhat within reach because, you know, they have Burrow and Chase and those things, but um, Kansas City then able to just, you know, saying, okay, well, we'll go tit for tat here the entire rest of the way. And, uh, and, and I just, uh, I see that kind of playing out that way. Plus it's at Arrowhead, uh, tough environment, tough place to play. Kansas city goes back to the super bowl, uh, yet again. And, uh, and you know, at this point, I think just Kansas city will, will probably end up winning the super bowl, but that's for another week. Um, those are the predictions there. Uh, the, the other game, the only other game 49ers at the Rams, we've talked about, Kyle Shanahan owning McVay, particularly this season as well, as they swept uh, their division rival in two games. Now, obviously, the first game was by, what was it, 20 points or something like that. Uh, second game was a three-point game at the end of the season uh, to win it. Obviously, they really narrowed that gap, did the Rams. And it's tough to beat a team twice, let alone three times. Rams are a little bit better prepared, a little bit healthier this time around. Uh, you know, and the 49ers not, aren't necessarily just playing great. I mean, the one thing the Rams can say is they can actually take some really good play and momentum into this game. Whereas the 49ers have really just gotten by. Uh, so that could be a little bit concerning, not to mention, you know, this is the Rams doing this at home at SoFi and looking to be the second team in a row. How about that to go play the Super Bowl at their home stadium after it had never been done before? It could potentially happen two years in a row. Yeah, I love uh, I love the Rams in this game. A lot of the things I feel similarly about the Chiefs. Again, the Rams losing in Week 18 in overtime at home to the Niners to let them in to then get them again. I think is great for the Rams and their and their 
confidence of going into this game. I listen, it's on Sean McVay. What's the game plan like? You have you have the pre he has got more pressure on him than anyone else this weekend because Shanahan has owned you. He's owned you. And I I really, really feel as though uh, Sean McVay has got to have uh, got to have a great game. I'll say this: what scares what would scare me about this game is if it's low scoring going into the third. If it's 10, 10, 10, 13, that means the Rams have turned the ball over. They've punted, and that's scary. The Rams' offense has to be clicking because the the Niners. I just don't believe when push comes to shove they'll be able to score. You've got to get the Niners dropping back, throwing the ball. Let Donald, let Vaughn Miller go after them. Don't let Trent Williams be a, a bleeping lead block fullback, which is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. That video that kept circling and around. That was, I mean, he, he destroyed you, people. You cannot let that Niners team be playing football in the second half. Yeah. It has to be, it has to be the Niners making throws. Um, and so I will predict the Rams to win as well. I think the Rams, uh, will, will, I don't think it's easy, but I think they pull away in the fourth. I think Stafford has a big game. I think he's playing with all the confidence in the world right now. And maybe that's a bad thing, but I think it's, it's a good thing. I think the Rams will win something along the lines, 30, 20, and they, uh, they take care of business, Dan. So we both predict chiefs Rams. So can we quickly just go here to wrap up the show? We didn't prepare this. There's four possible matchups. Rank the matchups in which you think the NFL would like to see. Gotcha. So, you know, put your Roger Goodell hat on, ratings, juicy storylines. What do you think they'd like to see? Because I think it's pretty obvious. Rams uh, and Chiefs, number one. Number one. I would agree with that. I would think number two would be Chiefs 49ers. I would agree um, rematch um, and yep. there's great storylines with Jimmy G then. Cause if the Niners get there, Jimmy G's made it, he played well. And then it's like, what do the Niners do? Yeah, Jimmy you're going to let the guy the walk. Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you let him, you let Trey Lance sit for another year? Maybe you do you just give Trey Lance all the time in the world. There's no pressure to get Trey Lance going if Jimmy G plays well. So I think that's a really, really unique storyline. I'd agree with you. That's gotta be number number two. Yeah, and then number three would probably be Bengals, Rams, once again, just getting the Rams back in SoFi, get that L.A. fan base, Um, not to mention the Bengals, the Cinderella story. Cool aspect there, but having two high-powered offenses go head-to-head is more enticing than Bengals 49ers, in which case you may get a little bit more of a slugfest yeah. Uh, then that's then a, you know, aerial attack, so to speak. So that's how I'd rate those. I would put them three, but I think it's closer than you think that they would be. Not, that would be the number two rating. And here's why dynasties are great. And Mahomes being Mahomes is great. It's great because it gets the average person, the people who don't watch football every week, they lo- they'll hear the Mahomes name. Like they start hearing Brady name, like, Oh, just over and over and over and over and over and over again. So you want those two or three people constantly in your sport, like LeBron, like Steph Curry, that my mom can go, oh, yeah, I know Patrick Mahomes, and that's cool, and then you tune in. But I will say, having Joe Burrow unseat Mahomes and having another young quarterback to then you would have Lamar has an MVP, Allen's maybe the most talented or just as talented as Mahomes, and then you have a guy like Burrow who beat Mahomes, like, 
having that storyline of the young quarterbacks in the AFC being more level than you think, instead of just Mahomes is Mahomes and no one can beat Mahomes. I think that's really juicy for the more casual NFL fans. Like the more, like I watch weekly, I watch my team and then some, and the people like us who are NFL junkies, that is juicy, juicy storylines. And then I think Burrow versus uh, the Niners would be the fourth spot just because uh, you don't get the Rams home field storyline. You don't get the fact that the Chiefs would have the history of going through trying to beat Tampa at their home and then the Rams at their home. Mahomes would always get to say, hey, guys, I know I lost two Super Bowls, but for the love of Christ, I had to do it in Tampa and in L.A. against the home teams. Yeah, He would have those storylines going for him to keep his legacy afloat, unlike Rodgers' legacy being tarnished. Uh, yes, I'll keep reminding everyone that Rogers legacy should be tarnished. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad storyline because, again, you get the Joe Burrow beat Mahomes somehow, and then you get the juiciness of what the heck are the Niners going to do if they win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G and, and they have a, they trade all these picks to get Trey Lance. Yeah. Now it's intriguing. I mean, honestly, all of these storylines would have benefits to them one way or the other. Uh, it's, it's a win-win for the NFL across the board. Uh, but I do, th- I mean, man, if the chiefs get there, Mark, and we're talking about three years in a row, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes potentially having two Super Bowls in, you know, his first five years that, you know, we're talking, okay, this could le- be a legitimate dynasty now, instead of something that we hope will happen yeah. or we think will happen. Then the conversation really gets to, you know, cranks up because of that. Um, well, even the factor that they're just, they, they haven't, we have an AFC dynasty, even if they lose. Right. I mean, right. Dual Rams team, like it's, it's great to know, like, again, like, listen, the road just goes to who's going to beat Mahomes, like Mahomes, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, well, a lot of it will have the game plays out, but I mean, I don't think there's going to be much of a dynasty, dude. I mean, the Panthers just signed Ben McAdoo to be their offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, right. Look out Very for the Panthers, true. man. They're going to be a juggernaut. They're gonna I mean, are we juggernaut. going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes versus, you know, or I'm sorry, yeah. uh, you know, t- uh, Tom Brady being unseated in the NFC now yeah. by Sam Darnold? Is it going to be Sam Darnold versus and Aaron Rodgers for the next several years? I mean, Mike. Yeah, you know, and look out. Ooh. I mean, the Bears are probably going to end up signing Eberflus, a defensive coordinator for the the for Dude, the. If that goal. happens, good. God and help us uh, so look out. I mean, Eberflus. You joke. You joke. But I'm, this, there this are reports that Eberflus blew them away. I'm going to blow my uh. brains out. <laughs> Please, I don't care if Brian Dable says no. You don't say, don't let him say no. Offer him the goddamn keys to the farm and then some. No, I think you're literally advocating for them sticking the Chicago mob on him and forcing him to take the job. I think that's what you're alluding to. Free Lou Malnati's for life. What does it take? (laughs) Sable, say yes. (laughs) We'll give you five Portillo's franchises. Just Uh, something. Anything at all. Oh, give Uh, your children free college. I, I think he's good with that. I think, I don't think he has to worry about that. I just, it, it's <laughs> going to be that. I just know it. No. Yeah, look at, look at the people who are in the final four, even, even Zach Taylor, uh, young offensive minds or right, better all... offensive minds. Yep, That's yep. the way this league is. If you think you have a special quarterback, listen, one of the reasons why the bills aren't there and the chiefs are Andy Reid versus uh, I was, we both like Sean McDermott a lot. 
but they it's he's a defensive guy and his defense made horrific mistakes late in the yeah, game. It cost, they, they didn't. it cost Josh Allen. And and I'm just saying this. Offensive, if you have, if you think you have a special talent at the quarterback position, for the love of Christ, hire a young offensive mind who has proven it. And Brian Dable. I, I, or or Byron Leftwich, throw the bag at him. I don't care. Just get them. Jim Harbaugh, offensive guy, get them in your organization. Or at least a proven defensive head coach in Flores, not Eberflus. This uh, has been your weekly PSA from Mark Haspin. We need the NBC, the more you know graphic. Just going across. Da, 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 da. It's going to be Eberflus. <laughs> I just know it. Let's hope not. All right. Well, um, we'll be back here next week, of course, to talk about uh, the Super Bowl matchup. We will have yeah. our Super Bowl teams here. Maybe uh, some coaching hires. Maybe some coaching hires. Who knows? A lot can happen. Uh, Pro Bowl. We're all really, really excited about the Pro Bowl game. Yeah. So, uh, we can, uh, we'll definitely take the see what the line is on that one. But, uh, yeah, no, really exciting matchups this weekend. As always, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. We'll have all of our good stuff there. You see it below if you're watching on YouTube, our handles. Go check us out. Check out our show. Follow along. Let us know your thoughts. Excited for the final week of the NFL playoffs. And then now we're getting ready for the Super Bowl pretty soon. So enjoy the games, everyone. Stay safe as always. Uh, Get your nachos ready. Get all that fun stuff because it's going to be another probable wild weekend of NFL football. The last actual weekend, really. I mean, I guess this past one was. But uh, this this upcoming Sunday should still be really fun with two. Great. Looking forward to it. We'll see you all here next week.